Welcome to episode two of The Bucket. My name is Andrew, and this is take two of The Bucket because my first file corrupted. So without further ado, let's get into it. First off this week, we've got Super Bowl 55, which concluded with a 33-9 victory of the Bucks over the Chiefs where Brady ended up with the MVP. Should Brady have gotten the MVP? In my opinion, no, but you can't give the MVP to a collective defense. The defense was the real star of the game and deserved the MVP for this, but Brady got it. And Brady did play a big part in winning, but he wasn't really the most valuable player of this game. The defense as a whole did everything, but since there was no standout beyond Antonio Winfield Jr.'s taunt of showing Tyreek Hill his own peace sign. MVP went to Brady for really putting this team together and putting this team on his back to turn them from a 7-9 team the year before to help bringing in stars and a new coach and pushing them to the Super Bowl in Brady fashion. This makes him 7 for 10 in Super Bowls, and it seems like the GOATs just like being 7 for 10. Between him and uh, LeBron. Patrick Mahomes did everything he could to try to get the Chiefs this win. But the O-line was nowhere to be found. Literally nowhere. It was Swiss cheese. A college O-line could have done the same thing. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm not. But way too often, Mahomes was being rushed by two, three guys that just ran straight by their blockers. Straight by. Mahomes did everything he could. If Tom Brady was in that same situation, Tom Brady would take in the sacks. But Mahomes rolled out, left, right, up, down, everywhere to try to make those throws. And he made dimes. He threw dimes that were dropped. Travis Kelsey dropped one right off his hands. Immediately you saw him mad that he dropped that one, but doesn't make an excuse. Still should have caught it. Um, Tyreek Hill dropped a dime that hit him right in the face. And then there was the vertical throw. Mahomes was literally on his side vertical like that NCAA meme that you'll see where the guy is doubled over on his back. Mahomes was midair sidearm throwing like he's a freaking third baseman making a play at first and throws a dime, an absolute dot, and hits his wide receiver in the face and he drops it. He drops it. (sighs) Mahomes did everything he could. There's nothing more he could have done there. And that makes it a decade straight for me of predicting the Super Bowl winner wrong. So if you ever ask me for Super Bowl advice, uh, pick the other team. Whatever team I think is going to win, pick the other team. Moving on to NFL honors, which was this Saturday before the Super Bowl. There were eight inductees to this year's Hall of Fame, including Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Very 50-50 on whether he was getting in or not. A lot of people thought that he didn't play long enough, but at the same time, people would relate him to another Lions great that retired early in Barry Sanders. So it was really either way. Megatron made it. I definitely think he should have made it. Headlining this class, though, was really Peyton Manning, the sheriff. Obviously, Locke for the Hall of Fame. 
made it in. That's it. And also Charles Woodson made it in. Longtime cornerback. Great Hall of Fame class. Pretty good players. Next would be the MVP. Aaron Rodgers beat out Mahomes for the Most Valuable Player Award. Predicted. It was down to those two. Aaron Rodgers really was the better quarterback this year, though. Especially since MVP is very narrative-based. Aaron Rodgers getting a new player while Mahomes was kind of just sitting in the same system he was before. Great year. Totally deserving either one. Rodgers ended up with it. Good for him. Then Offensive Player of the Year went to Derrick Henry. Also very deserving of it. At this point, MVP should just be called Quarterback of the Year. And Offensive Player of the Year should just be called Non-Quarterback of the Year. Because it just goes to the non-quarterback or the second best player. Next would be Alex Smith winning Comeback Player of the Year. It was between him and Big Ben in my opinion. And after the Steelers' late season collapse and Alex Smith really bringing together that Redskins offense, there was no way you couldn't give it to Alex Smith after nearly losing his leg to not give him Comeback Player of the Year. Well-deserved. Congrats to Alex Smith. Justin Herbert won Offensive Rookie of the Year. After Burrow went down, it was expected, especially how Herbert played after Tyra Taylor got a punctured lung by the team doctor. Herbert didn't miss a beat. Did a great job. And then there's also, also Chase Young, the expected winner of Defensive Rookie of the Year. Got that too. No surprise here. What does surprise me, though, is T.J. Watt getting robbed of Defensive Player of the Year by Aaron Donald. I know Aaron Donald is a generational player, but so is T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt had the better season. Even though he missed one more game, he still ended up leading, an Air, leading Aaron Donald in almost every important stat. I know that some of the stats that J.J. Watt tweeted out, like, obviously, he is in favor of T.J. Watt over Aaron Donald for this. Don't, don't really make sense. Like, T.J. Watt being a linebacker, edge rusher, should have more interceptions than Aaron Donald. But the only stat Aaron Donald led T.J. Watt in was forced fumbles. And as a defensive tackle, Donald should lead T.J. Watt in that. So, interceptions, forced fumbles, scratch. So, look at sacks, tackles, all of that. T.J. Watt by far led Aaron Donald. And I think it's highway robbery that Aaron Donald won the Defensive Player of the Year. Although that being said, this is Donald's third Defensive Player of the Year, tying J.J. Watt and Lawrence Taylor for that honor. Good job to Aaron Donald, although T.J. should have won it, but that could just be me being a salty Steelers fan. Moving over to the MLB, the Trevor Bauer saga has ended after way too long for a pitcher like him to be touting what team he's going to and making a Kevin Durant-style decision. He's finally decided to sign with the Mets. Oh, wait. No, not the Mets. The Dodgers. I don't like it, being a Dodgers fan. I'm not a fan of Trevor Bauer. Not for any real reason. I just think that he's overhyped. But after Bauer's team made a big mistake releasing Shirts, t-shirts, hats to Trevor Bauer's website, Bauer Outage, that all had the Mets logo and colors on them. They quickly took that down, and Bauer announced he was going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
This is still unofficial as of recording this Tuesday night. He's still pending a physical, but the reported details are three years, $40 million with opt-out options after the 21 and 22 season. I like Bowers, how he's against the long-term contracts. He says that it helps him pitch better if he's not on a long-term deal because he always has to pitch for that next contract. But I don't like how he's getting paid top-tier money to be the third pitcher in the Dodgers rotation. Yeah, that's right. I said it. He's going to be the third pitcher. Kershaw is getting one or two just because of his tenure. Walker Bueller is getting one or two because of tenure and because he's good. And Trevor Bauer is going to pitch three just ahead of David Price. That's just how it's going to be. So we're paying the most money for a pitcher number three. Trevor Bauer's overhyped. He hasn't, outside of his Cy Young season and then a little bit the season before that, he's been a really good pitcher, but not a top-tier pitcher. And now he's definitely overpaid. And speaking of overpaid, Shohei Otani signed an extension. If you don't remember who Otani is, I'm not surprised. He's a pitcher out of Japan, but he's not just a pitcher. He's also a DH. He wanted to be a two-way player. He signs a two-year, $8.5 million extension after being one of the most hyped prospects out of Japan and just in general in the last, as far as I can remember. I'm only 19, but I can't remember much more of a hyped prospect than him. That leads me to the point of pitchers hitting. Otani definitely showed it's possible for a pitcher to both pitch and hit. Michael Lorenzen and Brandon McKay of the Rays Farm System might be showing that off in the future. McKay and Otani both decided not to play in the NL, which I think is weird. I guess McKay doesn't really have a choice, but Otani decided not to play in the NL, which is weird because, like, DHs and stuff. But I guess that's so they don't also have to play the field on rest days. Makes sense. Although the DH could be coming to an end soon. I hope it does. Well, not to an end. The split between DH and non-DH could be coming to an end. The MLB struck down the MLBPA, which is Player Association's proposal to keep the DH, because they wanted to use it as a bargaining chip to expand the playoffs. MLBPA said no, so the DH, non-DH split, NLAL split, is back. Is this a good thing? No. I think that bringing the DH to the NL would honestly make the game more interesting for newer fans, for younger fans. Pitchers hitting is just not interesting, especially since pitchers are starting to specialize in pitching at such a young age. Me, I was a pitcher in high school. I know pitchers in college don't hit most of the time. Pitchers in the minor leagues don't hit. So why is a pitcher at the pro level in the NL hitting? It just doesn't make for a good game. So I think that the DH should be expanded to both sides of the league. This is a huge missed opportunity, in my opinion, by MLB, but what's new with that? MLB misses opportunities all the time. Such a poorly run organization. Don't expand the playoffs. Have less games so we have higher quality games and expand the DH permanently. That's just some things that could get, in my opinion, the MLB to revitalize. Expand to a younger audience. Like That's what needs to be done right now. Although, who knows, spring training hasn't even started yet, which luckily is planned to start on time, whether West teams still play out in Arizona or they get moved into Florida. The MLB is trying to get them to play in pods. That's the idea right now. They play in pods of a couple teams and fill in the rest of the games that they would usually play against other teams with inter-squad scrimmages, which is fine. Whatever gets them ready to play in time. 
I'm hyped for a season, and I hope that I get to go to a game this season. Remember to follow me on social media. My Instagram and Twitters are both Adelaney1342. My name is Andrew. Thanks for watching episode two of The Bucket. Thank <laughs> you.